0: What's up, what's up, what's up? Welcome to Three Night Bender, our second show of the entire time we've done this show. So our yeah. our fans who are with us since the beginning, yeah. so for the whole week
1: that we've been around, our second show, all these great fans that have yeah. stuck with us for... Six days. You
0: you are the OGs. Uh, I am Hauser. I am joined, of course, by Buzas. And we do have a third night tonight. Um, You you guys probably know him as UCF Jaguar, also known as Dalton, will be joining us to uh, talk about um, a lot of different things, but specifically the Jaguars. We're going to do a little NFL segment tonight. on the uh, on the docket tonight, of course, UCF football. We're gonna get right into it, talking about the uh, the game last week versus Temple, as well as upcoming games against uh, Houston. <laughs> We've got the uh, uh, we're gonna talk about our local restaurant uh, later on, which uh, Men About Town. It's a gonna... nice little segment we're gonna have. <laughs> so I'm excited to hear about that one. And uh, you know, we'll go over some other things going on in Orlando. And, uh, and we'll get this thing started. So, uh, Buzos, we got a beer tonight. I'm going to let yes. you introduce that. We're all going to so, be drinking uh, that.
1: We're going to be drinking some Einstock. Uh, it's an Icelandic uh, ale. Usually it's a white ale. This is an Arctic berry ale. It's quite delicious. It's got a really, really cool um, Viking that looks very hipster on it because he's wearing some white glasses. As Dalton said, it's a power move, which is very true. If you can right. rock some white glasses, that's some power right there. But uh, if you haven't had Einstock before, it's actually delicious. If you go to Disney, you can find it in Norway and Epcot. It was actually for a while, like, exclusive to Epcot because Disney had, like, all the rights to all the Einstock coming in. That has since, like, faded, but it's a delicious beer, so let's dine in on it, but gentlemen. So we're going to pop these all up right. and have some beers. Simultaneous popping. I know, right? My wa- just, just to preface that, my wife had to take my last beer because I opened it before we started recording, and... Uh, I didn't want to be the only one not opening here, <laughs> so shout out to Caitlin for uh, taking one for the team because you know that's so difficult. So um, let's jump right into it. We're going to talk a little about UCF football. So uh, started playing, you know, had a game last week against Temple, uh, first road game, you know, after you know taking on uh, ECU the way before, uh, their week before at home. Um, and uh, yeah, Todd, give me some thoughts on that. Well, what do you
0: think? Well, first of all, it was one of the first away games that I wasn't at, so it was interesting to watch it on TV and really have time to to pay attention and not have too many beers in me to uh, <laughs> to really enjoy it. Um, obviously, a very successful outing by the Knights. I think um, you know, final score was what sixty-two to twenty-one or something not like that. Not
1: that it was fifty-two
0: to forty. Really? I mean, wait, wait, like, oh, wait. No,
1: no, no, no. That's actually. Oh, fuck. We you it up the 2018 this. I pulled up the 2018. <laughs> I was like, I did not
2: remember them score for yeah, this game. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I think we were at 63. It was
0: 63-21. we there won go. by
1: three times the score. I That, knew that I, I do know. Do I knew know I guys. wasn't that drunk.
0: But going into the halftime, it was close. You know, 28-21. Um, our, our freshman QB had to come through big on a, an away game. I don't think he had the away game crowd that he might have had in Cincinnati or, or uh, Pittsburgh. But... He, uh, he pulled it together, put together a lot of yards. I'm sure you'll have some stats for us, but before I ask you about that, uh, UCF Jaguar, what did you think of the Temple game?
2: I mean, it was great. Obviously it was a little close going into halftime because uh, we had Otis Anderson, you know, muff a punt, which made it like, what, seven points of the half. But I mean, one thing I noticed about the Knights is whenever the inside draw is is going well, then the then the then the Knights are gonna be doing well. So uh, that was open all day. Of course, Greg McCray did not play this game, and. Kellan's got a little banged up, but I mean Otis Anderson, um, him in the open field, just the way he cuts and uh, jukes people out was awesome. We we got a good dose of Bentavius uh, Thompson, yeah. uh, which is awesome. BT. So um, it's it's uh, the the future of our running back core. I mean it's it's exciting. It really is.
1: We have a lot of really young backs, and I I've gone out and said that I think Bentavius might be the best of the group overall. I mean he's just a sophomore. Um, And he plays like he's been he's been the starter for the last two or three years. But just to go over some stats, you mentioned Otis Anderson huge game over 200 yards. Yes. Um, Last back that had over 200 yards was McRae last year. Um, But we haven't had too many 200 yard backs over the last decade. Before that, the the one before McRae was actually all the way back in 2011 with uh, Latavius Murray, Murray where he ran for over 200 yards. So that's going back, you know, almost seven years prior to that. So we had you know two 200 yard backs in two years is pretty awesome. Uh, Gabriel had a good game. uh, Not great completion percentage, below 50%, but 200 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, no fumbles, ran the ball a little bit, which looked good. Um, Gabe Davis, uh, you know, three for 83, so his record of consecutive 100-yard games is out, but... Uh, still looked great. Was a definite threat, and I think that opened up the passing game for a lot of the other receivers
0: because everyone was staring at Gabe Davis the entire time. I will agree with that 100%. I think, you know, Temple's corner, whoever he was, I don't remember his name, he did an excellent job on Gabe Davis. He really did. We, he got a lot of targets. Um, they The balls were on the money, but he just was defended well by their corner. Uh, that did open the opportunity for some other scores, though. I think we had eight different people yep. score touchdowns for the Knights. I don't know if that's some kind of record, but that is uh, – Pretty stellar. I think we had two tight ends score yep. a few few different running backs. Um, you mis- mentioned Otis Anderson had over 200 yards, um, but was kind of snubbed by the ACC or AAC this this week because he didn't get uh, even an honorable mention for player of the week. Are you kidding me? Could have. I didn't know that. That yeah. pisses me off now. It does. It ga- uh, 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 Gabriel, or um, excuse me, uh, DG. No, who am I? Dylan Gabriel. Dylan D- Gabriel. DG. Tony There's so many Gabriels. different. There's so many Gabriels. we <laughs> yeah. got so many Gabriels in this team. He, he was on the, the board, but uh, nothing for Otis Anderson, which was frustrating. That is a little frustrating.
1: Uh, I mean, Temple, I mean, they produced our, our defense. Big shout-out to Robinson, the safety, a transfer from Alabama, who played out of his mind two interceptions, um, did great in coverage. Uh, and, uh, Russo, who's a pretty decent quarterback, threw for over 400 lo- yards on us last year, um, was shut down to under 200 yards, two interceptions, which is huge for us. Um, you know, we shut down quite a few of the receivers. Mac, who I talked about last week, uh, had a pretty big game, over 100 yards, a touchdown. So, but you can't shut down everyone. Um, running game was non-existent for Temple. So, defense did a great job. Thankfully, he came out pretty strong um, in terms of injuries. Like, not, we didn't have any massive ones outside of, of course, one of our favorite players, Adrian Killens. Um, got hurt and was out for the rest of the game and is uh, kind of, you know, questionable going into next week. Um, but overall, you know, a healthy game. We didn't really have to worry too much about that. Um, and, you know, the performances by everyone was stellar. I mean, we finally put together a total game on the road, which is huge, I think, for the confidence of a freshman quarterback.
2: Yeah, I mean, and, and one thing about Dylan Gabriel is he's been going to the northeast and kind of playing in big stadiums. Obviously, we lost in Pitt. Um, he didn't play super well over there. And, you know, he plays in another big stadium, I mean, at Temple and they play in Lincoln Financial Field, which is, you know, the, where the Eagles play. Yep. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's good to see him go on the road and do something like that. And, you know, obviously we've seen some – some freshman, some true freshman struggles with um, Dylan Gabriel, and that's kind of all a part of the process. Unfortunately, we can't be, uh, you know, w- with missing Milton. You know, it's it's been a little bit different for us just because we've been used to such stellar quarterback play. But I mean, the guy has shown great flashes, and I mean, he's with. And when you look back at the way Milton played his freshman year, I mean, it's it's pretty similar to the way Dylan Gabriel played. I mean. It wasn't – literally, Milton's freshman year, he got booed off of the field during his bowl game. And, mm-hmm. I mean, just some of the highs that you've seen from Dylan Gabriel, it's, it's fun watching this, you know, the quarterback going out there and spinning it. And it. You know, the ball looks a little bit different coming out of his hands. And it's uh, – I mean, UCF, it's, it's, it's an exciting future for the program.
1: I agree. And I think the big thing – you mentioned the ball coming out of his hands. Gabriel's got better velocity than Milton. He's got a better arm. He can throw the ball deeper. He's got a better spiral. Um, and I think that that's kind of one of the reasons why he was recruited by Georgia and USC. And Milton was recruited by one school outside of us, with Hawaii. So um, I think that's huge. And uh, he he's got a huge future. He he just jumps off the film when you see how he plays. And not as exciting. He's not a runner like Milton. And a lot I think today a lot of fans look for that you know that X factor when it, when the pocket breaks down and someone bounces out and they can get running and you know they're athletic and make people miss. Gabriel plays more like a traditional pocket quarterback. He sits there. He wants to throw downfield, which is awesome. Um, and to uh, be quite frank, I think he played. He's playing much better than Milton ever did as a freshman. I think that's oh, absolutely. I, I I love Milton, and he's obviously the best player in UCF history as of right now. But Gabriel has a chance to unthrow him in you know a couple years for sure.
2: And Gabriel's been running the ball a little more lately. Yeah. I mean, he's, a, he's a good. I mean, he's a he's a thick guy. He was a guy that had a scholarship to Army, and they kind of run that triple option mm-hmm. uh, thing. So I mean, I'm not I'm not one that, especially after I mean, last year it was pretty frustrating with Heupel because I remember that USF game where Milton got hurt. I was like, why are we running the ball with him? Like, you're like it, you're running him like a power back yeah. when he's when he's Billy. I mean, he's probably what Milton's probably what 190, 190 pounds or something pounds. like that. Cool. He's, a,
1: he's, he's he's slight build. He's not a thick kid like Gabriel is.
2: Yeah, and I just I mean, I'm just not a fan of. I mean, it's different when you're playing like like if we need to have the quarterback run the ball to beat a team like LSU or if we're in the AAC championship game, you know, if you want to put the quarterback in harm's way, that's fine, I guess. But when you're playing at USF and we're blowing them out, I mean, you know, I want to see the quarterback sliding. I don't want to see his, his jersey get dirty at all. So, um, But with that said, I mean, it was nice to see a little bit of, uh, you know, Dylan Gabriel running the ball. And, yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a big, thick dude, and he's going to be – uh, it's it's an exciting future for him. Absolutely. Let me ask you
0: guys this: so we, we did experiment a little bit with Mac in the red zone, yep. and uh, when we did it, it looked really good. Um, we did it later on in the in the game, and I think a lot of people were frustrated that we couldn't get in after nine plays. I mean, we we actually uh, we couldn't get in in three plays in the in the red zone. Uh, they did a stupid penalty. We had another three shots at it, didn't get in. Tried to kick a field goal, they had a penalty. We turned it around. Finally, after I think nine or ten plays, we got into the end zone. So people were a little frustrated with that, but what are your thoughts on the differences in the you know, the time of the game? We did that early on, and we got Mac in there, and, and it looked awesome, and we got in there in the red zone. But later on in the uh, fourth quarter, we weren't really getting in there. So what do you think with, with Mac as a red zone quarterback? So Mac is – I'm under
1: this – I've always been under the, the, the mindset that as a, as a football coach – if you have more than one quarterback, you have no quarterback. And some people don't want to hear that, but you know, it, it, maybe it worked for the Gators in the 90s when you know um, uh, Coach Spurrier constantly rotated his quarterbacks, and obviously they had plenty of success, and it was here and there. But for the most part, you want consistency at that position. You want one guy who's the leader, who takes charge of the huddle, and the people rally behind him. Um, so I've always been under that mindset. But you can use specialized quarterbacks in situations. And I think DJ Mack, being a powerfully built kid with decent wheels is a good power quarterback if you want to kind of use him in that cam newton role but you can't rely on that as his only thing you're going to have to have packages and you're going to have to reserve at least two to three drives a game for him to come in and play quarterback because you can't let that be a key where the moment matt comes in the game oh he's coming into power run for you know third and one he's coming into power run at the goal line like you can't make that the thing because then it's going to be a key and they're going to know he's running they're going to stack the box and they're gonna say, go ahead and try to sling it on us, and we'll see if you can actually beat us with your arm. Which he did against ECU. He had a beautiful throw when you know he faked everyone out on a, not necessarily a pop pass, but it was obvious it was a play action, and he had a bomb um, that was a touchdown. So you know that's kind of the capacity you have to use him moving forward. You can't rely on him to only be a goal line ba- uh, quarterback because that's what's, they're gonna stack the box. They're not gonna respect the run, and they're gonna dare you to try to beat him another way. And you saw it. It took what like you said, eight or nine plays to get into the end zone. So. What about you, Dal? What's your opinion on that?
2: No, I don't. At the moment, I don't mind running back to, running back too much, just because when you look at the health of the running back position, I mean, right now, uh, currently injured, we have Greg McRae, and you know he has some kind of knee thing going on, and and college football, you can't really um, you, they can't really announce and really diagnose injuries and let it known out to the public exactly the severity of it, so uh, we don't really know too much about uh, where Greg McRae's injury is at, and then. Uh, Adrian Killens couldn't finish the game, so I mean you're kind of down to two running backs. So yeah. I mean, um, if you want to go in there and honestly, like against a team like Temple when you're whooping them, I don't mind going in there and just kind of you know running it to the back like that and just like kind of running up the middle. Then you know like back back in like 2006 I believe it was when Tim Tebow was running it with uh, with the Gators. I mean every time Tim Tebow went in there, he just ran about the middle, ran about yep. the middle, and then he eventually set up to a situation where you know he. Fake ran up the middle. He did his signature Tebow jump pass, <laughs> and then it, it led to a touchdown. And I mean, honestly, uh, when you're in a situation like this, and everyone's like, all right, this is going to be a you know run play, obvious run play with Mac. Uh, if, there might be a close game that comes up where they do you know they they pull out something like that. So and, and everyone everyone kind of knows about uh, Mac's throwing ability. You know we've seen him do it in the past, but um, I mean I, I don't really mind it too much.
1: So I mean, we do have a couple kids, local kids, which is also pretty awesome. That are going to have some opportunities. Like I said, we're down to two backs, and we got two good freshman kids. We got um, a kid who's actually right up the road, Demarius Good from uh, Lake Brentley High School. So over in Altamont Springs, and you've got Trillian Coles, a redshirt uh, freshman who played over at Bishop Moore. So, I mean, those kids are going to obviously get their opportunities. I believe I saw Coles running the ball in the fourth quarter um, a couple times. So, uh, they're going to get their chance to prove what they can do. And now is a good time for them to do it with, you know, like you said, a dinged up backfield. Yeah. If
0: we're going to get injured anywhere, running back is the place to do it. Yeah. We're loaded this year. You know, we're down to two. But they're two hell of good backs, man. Yeah. I'll take I'll take Otis and uh, and Bentavious any day of the week, man. And they, they looked great this weekend. Um, you, you were talking about the jump pass. There was somebody... Some team that failed at a jump pass this, this week. Did you guys watch any college football uh, highlights? I can't remember what team it was, but somebody did a jump pass and threw it down at the, the feet of the receiver, and the other guy, the other Scooped team just it caught up. it and ran it back. There was a couple of plays like that this week. Kansas, um, did you see when uh, Kansas uh, uh, missed a field goal? Or No, it was blocked. And the guy picked it up and started running it back, and he tried to he pitch it to it. his buddy. <laughs> yep. Yep. And they got another shot at the field goal. Friggin' lucky Les gets another win for Kansas. I mean, yep. A. Well, let's look ahead at the next week, or we're, we're, this week, actually. We're going to be playing Houston at uh, UCF. We haven't played Houston in a couple years now. We've had some battles with them in the past. Uh, what are we looking at uh, against this Houston team this year, Booz? So
1: Houston's actually a team that's kind of an enigma at the moment. Um, Dana Holgerson, their uh, m- hugely, like basically recruited coach, um, bought out at West Virginia. He, 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 had, he was at West Virginia for years, really made that an offensive powerhouse and made them a national power um, after Rich Rodriguez eventually left. Um, and he's brought in to kind of turn around Houston. That was the big name. They paid him a lot of money to really bring this program to a new height. And so they're basically, I mean, people are saying they're, they're tanking, which I don't know if tanking is the right word to use because there's nothing to get out of tanking. But they're definitely using a system where they're uh, redshirting a lot of their older kids. Because, you know, if you follow college football, redshirting is usually something you reserve for a freshman or a sophomore when they've got upperclassmen ahead of them and it's time for them to develop, you know, at practice and and retain eligibility. So that way they don't lose years while just really just practicing. Um, And so they have a couple key players, specifically uh, Derek King, who is one of the most electric quarterbacks in the nation who chooses to redshirt after three games for Houston. Um, in order to preserve his senior year, so that way he gets another year in the system. People ask me, what's the point of that? Well, he still gets to practice with the team. He still goes with the team. He watches all the games. He watches all the films. So it's a year for him to learn uh, Holgerson's system and really master it and get an opportunity to compete for a national title next year because I think that's what Dana's really looking for is he's
0: looking— But but what is the chance that King comes back to Houston next year and doesn't use this as uh, a year to—I mean, he's already a senior, so he's Mm -hmm. probably going to graduate— why isn't he going to go to an Oklahoma or a Ohio State? Well, obviously not Ohio State, but a, a big team that's losing their quarterback. King is a proven, solid quarterback that can help out any team that's close. Why is he going to come back to Houston? Why do, you, why do you think? I mean, to be honest, there's no guarantee he
1: will. And I don't know if he will uh he has the opportunity like i said he's going to graduate so he can transfer to any school in the nation he wants and he won't lose any eligibility he's a grad transfer he can start right away that's what happened with Wimbush for us so he could most certainly leave and say screw houston i don't i don't like you dan i don't know you you didn't recruit me here i can go to oklahoma and go win the fourth heisman in oklahoma in a row if if he really wanted to um so he definitely could do that there's no doubt about it um You know, we'll we'll see how that plays out. But that's just kind of, like, the thought process people ask. Why are these kids redshirting and basically, like, tanking the year? Well, because they lost a couple games early in the season. They obviously weren't going to go anywhere with their season on a national level. And I think Dana Holgerson is trying to pitch to these players, stick around another year, next year will be our year. Um, And he is a good recruiter. He he brought some athletes to West Virginia, so he knows how to talk the talk. He's got a good system. Um, And Houston is trying to make themselves a premier school. You know, they're trying to compete with UT and Texas Tech, and you know some of those big powerhouses out there. So uh, I think you know bringing him in was the first step into doing that. So we'll see how that plays out long term for them. But you know that's kind of where Houston's at today. But let's you know getting away from you know the whole redshirting situation where they had uh, Derek King and they had a pretty decent um, receiver that also he was a freshman. Uh, but there was a receiver that decided to redshirt as well, whose name um, was Keith Corbin. So both of them are out for the year because they're redshirted. But, you know, you got some decent playmakers for Houston. Um, I I don't consider them necessarily a threat to us in terms of, you know, beating us. Uh, I think we're going to give them a good beatdown. It's at home. It's a pretty popular game for us with with the space game. We'll talk about the uniforms here in a second. But, you know, they have a decent quarterback who's, you know, playing over him right now that a lot of people were raving about. I mean, D.R. King's obviously a great athlete, but... Um, his backup could have a you know a huge year they got a couple decent running backs I mean looking at you know what they've got they got a, a kid named Porter who's almost run for 500 yards in the season um, Patrick Carr has run for over 300 and a couple touchdowns so you know they do have backs that can run the football uh, it's kind of like a running back-by committee at the moment they don't have a stud um, but we do need to make sure that you know the d line we don't have the biggest d line in the world we just don't they're you know they're athletic they're good at rushing the passer but we need to make sure they lock down the run game this week because and you got four, taking out Derek King, who is a second leading rusher, you got four backs that have all run for almost 300 yards or over. So um, they can definitely run the football. Uh, they got some threats at receiver that we should be slightly concerned about. They got a lot of athletes, a lot of quick kids. Um, specifically, uh, Stevenson Marquise, um, almost 700 yards in the season, six touchdowns. He's their go to receiver. And he's really the only receiver, if we're being quite frank. Like, he gets majority of the targets. So. Um, we just got to make sure that our DBs are looking out for him. And if, if we blanket
0: him um, and we shut down
1: the run game, it's an easy win.
0: Jaguar, what are your thoughts
2: about this Houston game coming up? Uh, all I know is whenever I check Houston on the on the scores, they're not really doing much. And, I mean, at the beginning of the year, this is a game where, you know, obviously going into the year we're used to kind of undefeated te- undefeated seasons. So it's like, man, this could be a team that might be ranked. It could be, you know, it's a marquee name. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, you know, outside the AAC, if you're, you know, a Big Twelve or Big Ten or SEC fan, whatever you are, you know, one of the teams that you've heard about in the uh, in the AAC is Houston. But you know, it's kind of a shame they're having a down year because um, it'd be nice to be playing a you know team that's um, a little bit better. You know, obviously you got a couple of good teams in the in the other side of the conference with SMU and Memphis. But uh, I mean, with this game, I mean the 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 offense should take off on these guys and i mean we should it's i think it should be a similar game as ecu where or not or ecu or temple where you know it might be close in the beginning we just pull out in the second half due to just us being way more talented than them
0: 100 percent agree yeah houston at the beginning of the year when i bought my season tickets that was a marquee matchup i was ready for that i watched them early on um they lost their first game to i think it was oklahoma Uh, Oklahoma looks amazing this year, but they actually just dropped a game.
1: They dropped a game to Kansas State. Yeah, It has not been good since, like, 2003. Well, they're due to
0: one of those losses a year. They
1: really are. They (laughs) they drop. That's the Big 12. Any team in the Big 12 is due to just randomly lose a game, which would be great for us to join it since, you know, we can randomly lose to Pitt. So we'll just fit right on in the Big 12 (laughs) make that happen.
0: But so Houston, you know, we've had battles with them in the past. I mean, some of our best games being in this conference have been with Houston. We haven't played them. For a couple of years, they've been tough. You know, like you said, they got a new coach this year. So I think we were all looking forward to that game. And then when we found out it was the space game, and we know, Woo! we know that the you know the the relationship that the cities have had with the space program, it was it was set up to be the coolest game ever. I still think it's going to be an amazing game. But we got a 12 o'clock kickoff time instead of a night game, which it should have been. Um, Houston, like you said, has pulled some of their players. Uh, So the the luster is not as great as it could have been. Um, But, you know, I'm going to go out and do everything I can as a UCF fan. And that... That includes tailgating. I, mean, I was um, getting
1: absolutely hammered before noon. <laughs> 7.30 <laughs> shotguns. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's uh, go ahead and talk about tailgating. Yeah. T- anything, so tailgating,
0: but, you know, it's been, we've had some night games this year, which have been good. You know, we could get out there at noon and tailgate for six, seven hours and then, and then roll into the night game. Um, this week, the game is at noon. It's an early game. So tailgating on campus doesn't start until 8 o'clock. Um, I believe you could probably set up outside of millennial uh millennium mall what is it called the uh mall, mall, mall of, of, of america yeah mall of, <laughs> mall of america well, what is that uh, the memory mall memory so mall Memory really mall. To, is that how old you are now yeah well can't i can't even
2: remember i'm like a lie i blanked a little bit too <laughs> <laughs> so you
0: you can set out up outside of that time zone if you're just going to do breakfast you can't drink anywhere on campus until i believe eight o'clock um but uh it's it's not as long of a tailgate, so you're going to have to get there early. You're going to have to set up, get your breakfast stuff ready, um, get your breakfast shots going. I know Boozoss well, is always born <clears throat> breakfast shots. Irish
1: breakfast, Irish breakfast shots will be my weekend drink choice. Uh, the boo, what we call this, the boozos tailgating drink choice of the week, um, Irish breakfast shots. If you've not had one before, you get yourself a bottle of Jameson, you get yourself some orange juice, and you get yourself some uh, butterscotch schnapps. Okay, take some orange juice, add some schnapps to it, um, and mix it in there because that schnapps is going to give you the uh, the taste of like uh, like bacon, like syrup. And you take the Jameson, you take down the shot, and it tastes like you just had a uh, little bit of a breakfast. you got some bacon. You've got some orange juice. It's quite delightful. I'm definitely so looking forward to it. I think this is it.
2: the point in the podcast where people pause it, and they go out and get their stuff, and they come back, and they re-listen to what you just said. They should. And they there's, there's hammered the second half of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: so also, like, you know, we, this is a space game. So what's come with the space game in the past is space uniforms. Yes. Which, you know, have been they have progressively gotten hotter and hotter every freaking year. Uh, I'm super stoked for this year. So just kind of like the touch base on the uniform, which if you haven't seen it yet, you're clearly living under a freaking rock and you need to go on the internet and Google UCF space uniforms. Um, revamp the helmet last year. We obviously had a black helmet and they had the kind of the moon logo on the side of the helmet and they had a cool, we added a new color, um, which is Canaveral blue, a light blue car. People are like, Oh, why are you adding light blue? It's supposed to be specific to Cape Canaveral and you know, the color of the ocean, everything on the horizon. But you know, we have these awesome moon helmets that reflect the light and dark sides of the moon so half the helmets the light side the other half is the dark side um the number on it's 321 so when people look at that like UCF has got this really cool thing where they kind of gave all of their players helmets that have their area codes on there which I think is an awesome way of recruiting um kind of you know rep their hometown and everything like that but uh the 321 represents the space coast where you know the Cape Canaveral is located with um (coughs) with the Kennedy Space Center which is you know what we were created for people don't know the history behind that Reason why a space game is cool is because UCF started as Florida Tech. And we were built to subsidize the space program, so that's what we're all about. Is we're space. We're more important than Kennedy, uh, than Houston when it comes to space, in my opinion. So there's that. Um, but our uniform uh, got awesome constellations all over the numbers, which is slightly different from last year. Um, now we actually have them built into the black numbers, and they're supposed to represent um, the you know different constellations that have meaning to us. So like we have Apollo, who is fighting. Um, uh, Taurus, I believe, right? Isn't that the, Those are the two constellations fighting each other. You're looking at me like
2: you don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, man, do you know? I don't know these constellations. <laughs> really, bro? <laughs> Come on, I know so, the Big Dipper, Little Dipper, Orion's Belt, and other than that, you point at what I'm looking well, at. Well, the North well, Star. I'm, I'm Greek, so yeah. I'm
1: supposed to know this shit because that's what we would do: is we look in the sky and make up stories and stuff. So you got a guy who's fighting off, like you know, who's trying to like defeat Taurus for victory. You've got the Pegasus. So if you look at the UCF normal uniforms, we got the uh, the academic logo on our shoulders, the Pegasus. That's replaced by the Pegasus constellation in the sky that's uh, off after a Greek mythical creature. Um, we got these awesome USA print on the side of the legs. It's supposed to represent the bottom of the Saturn rockets for the Apollo 11 uh, launches, which is really cool. And um, overall, I mean, there's different other things part of the uniform. Like there's a different uh, representation as uh, with uh, coordinates that show the 50-yard line of UCF and how that lines up with the launch pad over in Kennedy Space Center. So a lot of really cool deep meaning things on this uniform that I think people need to look at. I think it's personally the most unique uniform of this year. Well, obviously, so how that plans out because a lot of bigger schools like Ohio State, LSU, uh, Florida have been like, you know, getting more into that uniform game like, you know, we and in, 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 before us, Oregon did. So I think that's pretty awesome. Um, so again, if you haven't seen that yet, make sure you go check that out because it looks absolutely fire i give this uniform five fire emojis for the week and oh, out of five. right so it's gonna it's the best looking uniform we were waiting football. for that rating and that's we, my rating we, pre, we
0: preemptively talked about it last week but you we said did. you would release your rating and a perfect score five out of five. five out of five it's not even close and i've already given my thoughts but ucf jaguar what do you think of the uniforms this week the space I, uniforms i mean
2: with me like with me in uniforms i am a big uniform guy um and I, I'm, I'm a fan of uniforms that are a lot more, like, simple-based. So, like, I, m- I remember the space uniforms last year. I wasn't a huge fan of them just because I, I thought the blue was a little bit forced. I thought it just look kind of weird. But, I mean, this year, these helmets look freaking awesome. They're the really fact famous. that they're literally, like, a moon. And I kind of wish UCF logo wasn't on there so it was just, like, a straight moon all around. But um, I think I, I think they, they knocked it out of the park with the helmets. And I think they did good with the you know, and the blue in there. The the constellation on the numbers, I mean, I could I could give or take on that, but I, I understand the whole theme of it and I mean I, I think UCF's uniform game is awesome because we switch up our uniforms every game, but it's not like Oregon where it's like just so it's wacky tacky yeah. every week. It's
1: they have it's, a new uniform every week. Yeah. Every single week, which is insane. I mean I mean I, mean, I, would, I, would, I would, night
2: I would tell my brother this like UCF is the is the only, you know, college football team that one week they can look like the New Orleans Saints next week they can look like the, the Raiders, and the following week they can look like the Jaguars with literally the, the uniform combinations, because so they go from white with gold numbers, then like, you know, silver helmets, black, yeah. it, it, it's really it's really cool the way they do it, and I mean, that, that was one thing that when, you know, Scott Frost was brought in, and they kind of kicked George O'Leary out, they were like, okay, we gotta, we gotta millennialize these, you know, our football team, and, you know, make it a little more attractive, and they got rid of our old uniforms which were just you know they were just, they were just basic they didn't have last names on them and i mean honestly it's a big recruiting tool like the uniform game because i mean Absolutely. nowadays nowadays you see you know these recruits they're taking pictures and they their formal visits you know wearing them and then they nowadays they have their dads wear it with them and yep i mean it's, <laughs> <Yeah. it's, laughs>
1: that's always a great look
2: and it's a it's a it's just a big recruiting tool and it's it's exciting and I really love the uniforms I mean this this space thing it's cool because it's a historical thing for our team and it's a it's kind of a week where they can you know really use their imagination and take off with it with whatever they want to wear and I think this this year's the best you know space uniforms I've seen you know in the history of doing this
0: I, I agree with that and uh, you know I gave my my thoughts about the space uniform last week you know Dalton, you didn't like last year's. I loved last year's, but I think this one takes the cake. This is the best uniform I've ever seen. So oh, since yeah.
2: so since you gave it five fire emojis, can I give it like can I give it like five like icicle emojis? Like what's the difference between fire and, and people like, Oh, that's fire or people like, Oh, that's cold. I don't really know the difference. So I'm gonna just say cold because I think that sounds cooler. I and never, uh, you-
1: you can, uh, you can have any rating system you want, Dolph. You can do whatever you want. All right, so give me,
2: give me, fire give me five icicles. Okay.
0: So a perfect score is what we're looking at for this <laughs> week's uniform. I'm really excited about that. Yes, sir. Uh, the next thing we're going to do here is we're going to a new segment here where we are going to recognize the UCF Twitter Mafia Person of the Week. Um, Buzos has done some research, and I think he has come up with this week's uh, selected person. So, BooZos, yes. you want to take this? So,
1: I'm gonna give a shout out to a man named Mac McLaughlin. So, uh, he, that's his Twitter handle. It's at Mac McLaughlin. Um, just just so you know, if you can look him up, because he's got a really cool post that I found. Um, it's at M A C K M C L A U G H I N. He had an awesome post because he got Aaron Evans, former UCF player. You may know him because if you walk around the stadium, you see all those really beautiful murals. That was Aaron Evans. He's mm-hmm. gotten into some street art, has done some amazing stuff on UCF campus. And this uh, UCF Twitter Mafia guy, you know, he, he reached out to him and asked him to do a mural for his bar. And it looks sick. So highly recommend that you, you, you go on Twitter, you take a look, he posted some photos. It's really freaking cool, especially the fact that he was able to tie that in because he's obviously UCF diehard, got a UCF former player did up the stadium to come out there and um do some artwork for him so i just want to give a huge shout out to him so mac you're doing good things way to represent ucf in a great way um so the next thing we're going to talk about is a small segment we'll do every once in a while it's called men about town um eventually we've talked that you know we want to kind of get into doing like you know youtube videos with these recordings so we can actually like you know We can show you how goofy and stupid specifically I can be. Um, And, you know, eventually I'm going to have an awesome tuxedo t-shirt and a monocle and a top hat as we talk about Men About Town because we're super fancy. But that's kind of like a little review that we're going to do for something Orlando read because this is an Orlando podcast. So I wanted to do a restaurant review for a restaurant that was actually brought up to me by Todd. He told me to go to this place. It's been absolutely phenomenal. We love it. And it's called Hotto Pato. It's an, a Chinese hot pot restaurant that you can find off Cimarron. So if you don't know where I'm talking about, open up Google Maps, you fool, and type in HOTTO, H-O-T-T-O, space, P-O-T-T-O. Um, I'm going to give it an overall rating of 4.6 out of 5. And I break that down into four major categories environment so where you're sitting around what's this restaurant look like how cool is it do you feel awesome in there Um, the taste of the food that you're eating the selection if you have and the value and the only thing that I knocked was its environment it's you know pretty basic that it's got cinder blocks for you know some of the sidewalls where you're sitting down but um, it's a place where you can come in you get a big pot of uh, broth and you cook your meat and they've got Uh, Wagyu beef, which I'll let Todd rant about here in a second. They've got ridiculously delicious shrimp. They got, I think, the best wontons on the planet. Those wontons are fucking phenomenal. Um, The taste, I give five out of five. Selection, five out of five, because you can order just about anything you want. And the value, all you can eat, twenty-five bucks. You pay twenty-five bucks, and you can literally sit there and become the fattest human on earth, and it's freaking amazing. So that's my restaurant of the week. I love it. It's delicious. Todd, slam dunk it. (laughs) <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. All right. Yeah.
0: Hotto Pato. So it's a it's it's fairly new in the winter park area. I think it's, it's been around for a few years. But um, the cool thing again about Hotto Pato, it is Chinese hot pot, which you can probably get in most places nowadays. Um, but this is a bigger restaurant. They just recently within the last year started doing the all you can eat special. Uh, you know, if you like Chinese food, then you're going to love hot pot. It's obviously big in China. Um, there's other hot pot restaurants in the area, but uh, none quite as familiar and with as catchy of a name as hot o So if you get a chance to uh, try out some Chinese hot pot, make your way over to hot o and check them out.
1: And if you want a good experience, try to get with Todd and go to hot o with him because <laughs> all of the waiters know who he is by name and face. Yeah, you're embarrassing me now. Right? Yeah, they, there too much. He, this man goes there so often, but it's quite delicious. Have you been there? I have not. No, you need to go check it out, man. I, I, I kid you not. It's actually really good.
2: I mean, I'm going to go. I, I, I wish I could go here after this, but I'm sure it's not open. It's actually open till 2 in the morning every day. Some of the two, okay. I, I kid you gonna, not. I'm going to make a stop by there after this. and um, you need, you need No, you got to be prepared. You're not ready You're for You're not it.
1: emotional. You've got to make sure that you, like, Fast for at least six hours prior to make sure you got. You might, well, actually, I wouldn't even say fast. You might want to just like chug a bunch of water and get like your belly to get a little bit bigger, kind of like what those like you know, those major like hot dog food eaters and like should Do like get that thing. Don't go in
0: there unless you're really hungry. Okay, yeah. and don't order off the menu. It's a waste of time. You have to do the all you can eat. On Saturday, I think it's open till five a.m. So it's a great. It's open until five a.m. It's one of those, those days that poor, it's
1: open. Those poor Asians—they're yeah. like held in there for, for, for that. <laughs> By long. the way,
2: most of them aren't Asian. That's very true. They're not. When you go
1: in there, you'll see that they're not all Asian.
2: There's some real pro tips here. <laughs> yes, now from the finest diners, from the yeah, finest in, diners in the city of Orlando. We're,
1: we're we're men of the town. We are. Men of, <laughs> that's what we are. We're men of the town, and we we know Orlando scenes. Um, so, kind of going into some other topics, uh, we had the NBA. Um, I want to apologize for all Magic fans right now because I feel like I let everyone down because I made the declaration last week that we were going to win the finals, and we have lost our last two games. So, I take full responsibility for what is occurring. Uh, but the Magic did drop their last two games. They lose a, a heartbreaker, in my opinion, to the Atlanta Hawks. Um, a really bad no call on that, you know, on that, uh, you know, basically rim tipper where. Um, uh, Vucevic should have been given the foul. Yeah. He's not, and then you got a prayer three point made by Trey Young, who, Trey Young, who yeah. is a freaking
0: monster. I mean, he's going to be one of yeah. the best point guards,
1: for, you know, for in the NBA for a very long time. So there's that. Um, Atlanta
0: looked good. They're competitive. Um, you know, that's a game that we want to win as the Magic, but probably like you're going to talk about next. We played the uh, the Toronto Raptors the other night. The World Champs. Um, yeah. They're down Kawhi Leonard, but. They they're still a good, they're still, they are a very good. They're team. three and one. And yeah. I, I, can I just say,
1: is, am I the only one in the world that looks at Pascal Siakam and just wants to punch him? I'm sorry, maybe uh, I am. Yes. I mean, I, I, I and don't get me wrong, Pascal Siakam's a great basketball player. But he maybe it's because like I, I was playing NBA 2K, and anytime I played the Raptors, he just owned the living crap out of me. Like yeah. my guy, like, I did like the creative player, and I you know tried to like, get in the post, and he would just block every shot, and I hated his guts for it. But yeah, there's just something about Pascal. Maybe that's it. I just have this stupid, stupid like hatred to him yeah. for a video game. It, it sounds so
2: unbelievably that. aggressive. It is. But, I mean, they, but, I can
1: be un- unbelievably aggressive.
2: But the Raptors also were the first team to knock the Magic out of the playoffs in what ten years. So yeah, that's true. I, I, didn't, I didn't even think about that. Though. Yeah, I do hate it. I mean, I mean, if you look at, it, I mean, Golden State. You know, they got knocked out by the Raptors last year. Yeah. they've yeah, been they knocked did. out by more teams than the Magic in the last ten years out of the playoffs. So I mean, fact. This is so the Magic Argon are going to win the finals. We're a, that's what we're saying here right now. We're a dynasty, and <laughs> we're, we're going to keep rolling. Yeah.
1: Um, and also, just a huge shout-out to Jonathan Isaac. who had a phenomenal game against yep. the Raptors. 24 points, 7 rebounds. Starting to look like the player we drafted him to be, which
0: is pretty awesome. And that's his high, I believe, was it the is. 24 points they talked about. But, you know, I watched that game against the Raptors the other night. We were down probably 10 to 14 points within 5 minutes of the game starting, and the entire game was like that until about... I want to say two, three minutes left in the game. We we uh, took the lead, so we were behind the whole time. Came back, took the lead right at the end, and then they they pulled away. They got their their guys going again. But yeah, Toronto is a frustrating team. Um, you know, you you feel like you want to punch players in the face because they're so good, but you got <laughs> to you got to give them their credit. And I know that they lost Kawhi Leonard, but I think they're going to be. Just as tough. Maybe not that little extra that they need with Kawhi, but they're, they've they got playmakers.
1: They did. They have, they didn't, I mean, he was really the only one they lost. So. But the so.
0: thing about Orlando is, I'm not making the, the proclamation that they're going to win the finals. This they're going to win the finals. They are an exciting team to watch. They're all young players. You can get behind them. Markel Fultz. Super exciting to watch. Had a great dunk the other night. Had cool. some big plays against Toronto. <laughs> he, so sinks, angry. he sinks threes. I mean, he's a fun guy to watch. He's only 21 years old, so he's going to... And we really got him for, like, nickels. Oh, my so God. So there's that. Like, we gave away a journeyman forward, a
1: first-round pick that was not going to be Markel Fultz, and a second-round pick that never amounts to anything. So there's that. And we've
0: had four... Number one draft picks play for the Orlando Magic. Can you guys name those four players? Four number one overall players? Yes. That's ever played for the Orlando Magic. Yes, like I in believe. history. Yes. What's that? So Penny Marco. Hardaway? No, 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 no. I don't no. know. Oh no, Shaquille. he was a free agent. You got Shaquille O'Neal. He was a, he was a three. Shaquille O'Neal was one. Dwight Howard.
2: Dwight Howard. Tracy is is two. McGrady. Nope. No.
1: You got uh, Markel Fultz. That's he's number three. That's three. So number who's four. the fourth?
0: The number four... We got him at the end of his career. The very end of his career. Oh, would Vince that, Carter?
2: No.
1: Nope. No, would that have been... Uh, um, oh my god, Lewis? Rashad nope. Lewis? No? No. Nope. Hmm. He, uh, he played career.
0: for Georgetown.
1: Oh, oh shoot, Patrick Ewing.
0: Patrick Ewing. So oh, those wow. are the four. Patrick Ewing. One. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say that. <laughs>
1: he actually he coached with us for the longest time yeah, too. So, yeah. I, I'm a big fan of Patrick Ewing. as so 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 you
2: guys so. know I'm like a I'm like a diehard bandwagon magic fan. Like if you <laughs> wake me up we're in a playoffs and I'm a diehard fan. Boozes knows that I went to the playoff game. You did, team.
1: I brought you to a game and you were a diehard that game. It was pretty <laughs> awesome. I was. Um, was so I also like, you know, getting into other sports got yeah, the World Series game night if you are not watching now it is currently going on um we're currently at the end of the third uh, end of the third inning um huge game i mean it's game uh, if Houston wins this they win the World Series which would be the second time in uh 3 years which would be pretty awesome for them
0: so i'll be honest i don't give a shit about baseball i want to i haven't cared about baseball it's america's but,
1: pastime
0: but do you know why i was uh Watching stuff about baseball today on Twitter. Does anybody know there was big news that happened that had nothing to do with the actual game? What? And it's not about Trump. I think the other day there was also oh, something yeah, about yeah, Trump yeah. when he was at a game. And yeah, like but that's not what I'm talking about. Okay. So behind home plate, there were two girls. Yes. Yes. Oh yes. Yes. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Who showed their titties on movies?
1: Yeah. Oh, on live TV. And, and, and go on YouTube. It's there. Yeah. Instagram.
2: <laughs> And they're 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 not ashamed about it either. They're no all over they're Twitter. Like they they used this. They probably had to have like you know like multiplied their Twitter following by like ten tenfold because because of the move they had. But yeah, I mean I'm not a big baseball guy, but that was pretty awesome. No, and yeah. I'm gonna
1: say one of them. Her name is uh, Julia Rose. Holy hell, <laughs> she is a pretty lady. Just I, saying. Yeah. And so yeah, if you want to see a, if you want to see an Instagram model's boobs, there you go. It's on the internet. You can go see it. And she's got like I said, no shame in her game. She's all about it. She said she's – I mean, it is October, so, you know, save the Tatas. I think that's what they were trying to do. Yeah, and
2: I'm convinced there's no such thing as real boobs, so internet boobs are great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But,
1: yeah, going back to that game. So it's game six. You got Justin Verlander versus, um, you know, Steven Strasburg, two huge pitchers in the MLB. So if you are watching that, that's awesome. It is America's Pass. It's a great game. Postseason baseball is the best type of baseball. I don't pay it. I'm a Mets fan. The Mets suck suck basically my whole life. It's the only time I really pay attention is the postseason. When, you know, the one in every eight years may make it to the postseason. So that's when I pay attention to the Mets. Otherwise, it's unfortunately just a drudge of suck, which is always wonderful. Um, let's go back a little bit to some UCF news. we got some other sports going on. Obviously, that's pretty great. Um, we talked about UCF men's soccer last week. We told everyone to go and watch them play USF at USF. I don't know how many people actually made it out there, but it is a big rivalry game. And I didn't. Yeah, Todd didn't. I didn't. Pack the house. Yeah. Uh, but UCF won. I mean, 1-0. Beat, beat an arch rival, oh, which is also, yeah. it's also a conference game. So uh, men's soccer continues to build another momentum. They're a top 10 team in the nation. So I'm not a soccer fan. I never will pretend to be Be quite frank. I really just don't. I don't like soccer that much. Disrespectful. But it is disrespectful. <laughs> I, I know it's the world game and, you know, kids will roll up, you know, balls of wheat in Africa into a ball and kick it around. It's the world game, <laughs> whatever it might be. But I, it's just not, I, don't, I just don't care, unfortunately. But I do care about UCF. So the fact that we're better at other things than just football and basketball is pretty great. Men's soccer... Oh, no, I am sorry, men's soccer. Women's soccer. Uh, they're playing uh, USF at USF again. So if you want to take that hour drive out to Tampa. <laughs> or here's a, does does the train go to Tampa yet? Does the SunRail get all the way to Tampa? No. no. So you can't do that. No. Sorry, we'll wait another couple of years before you can do that. But that's going to be the day when you can get on the SunRail and get straight hammered and just take that all the way to Tampa and not have to worry about driving. Oh, that'll be great because I-4 traffic is so back. bad. So yes, I'm all about is. that. There's, there's oh always at
2: some point if you're driving to Tampa, you're going to hit a bunch of traffic. Yeah, so I mean that's 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 just what happens in Tampa.
1: So um, yeah, USF women's, uh, not USF, UCF uh, women's soccer playing USF women's soccer. Um, women's I mean our women's soccer team has actually been pretty solid the last few years. They were nationally ranked last year and the year before that. Lost some key players. Um, they're currently nine three and four, which is still a really good record. I mean only three losses on the year. So uh, definitely if you can give them a shout or you want to represent them, they're playing on Halloween, which does suck. So if you don't want to sit at home giving candy to children, you can go to Tampa and watch some soccer. Um, and then uh, just finally we got men's basketball which after last season pretty freaking excited and we got their first game coming up on November 9th so if you don't have your season tickets which I know Todd does today. Today, I'm gonna be getting we're gonna be getting ours soon here um but you know I think a, a huge year for us in terms of programming. By can... the
0: way, if you post your tickets on Twitter, you have to uh, like blank out the barcode. I didn't realize that. So, oh, no. Are you oh, serious? I, I deleted the tweet pretty quick. Hopefully nobody caught that. But Oh, um, you're the tickets that I got? I got I was, your tickets? So now, now, now you don't have season tickets. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I'll get there first. But yeah, we're going to be
1: playing um, a school called uh, Prairie View. Prairie cur- View, like art, like tech school or something Can like that. I think it's pronounced Prairie View. Is it prairie? I'm, I'm not I a fancy. Know. Todd, Todd's the other. Uh, Todd, uh, Dalton's the other man around town. So if anyone's gonna say fancy words, it's him. Yeah, I mean, I'm he, all he's about it. Dr- he don't know. He's dressed rather. I'm in like gym shorts and a t-shirt, and this guy's over here in a button-up, all plaid, looking gorgeous with his hair done. Yeah, I, I, I thought we were.
2: Like do- I thought we were doing this at Olive Garden, so <laughs> I feel a little bit overdressed right now. So whatever.
1: I'm sorry, no soup, salad, and breadsticks. Nope. But uh, so um, finally, we're gonna get to. Your specialty. I consider it to be one of my specialties. Todd is a diehard bandwagon fan of this team, and that is the freaking Saxonville Swagwars, who are currently 4 and 4. Huge win over the Jets last week, which is amazing. Well, not last week, like two days ago. So that. Days I guess ago. that is technically is Basically, last week, because yeah. the last
2: game is last week. So I'm going to let you start this
1: segment off because this is your specialty. Let's get into it.
2: I mean, th- this is great right now. I mean, the Jags, I mean, they lost two games in a row. They won two games in a row. They lost two games in a row. Now we're on a two-game winning streak, and uh, Foles went down in the first quarter of the first game. I believe he played like 10 plays. And I was at the game, and I very well thought the season was over. Yeah. And I was very depressed, but we've got Minshew mania going on right now. Minshew Ooh. Is, Gardner Minshew is 4-3 and three as a starter. A six-round rookie the Jaguars cashed in a lottery ticket with him. And, I mean, he's just lighting the NFL on fire, not only with his play, but also just with his personality. I mean, he's brought in Uncle Rico. You've got people, you know, growing <laughs> that's out one their, of the, That's one
1: of my favorite segments of all time.
2: They've got people growing out their mustaches and wearing jorts out to games. And, I mean, I was at the game against the Jets last week, and just seeing him run out of the tunnel... I mean, I'm I'm not a religious man, but I follow Gardner Minshew. I mean, Gardner Minshew is my new religion. I mean, he went out there. He looked he looked angelic with his hair flowing back. Um, it looked like the, angelic.
1: That's a good word. It, 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 like it was it. almost
2: like the whole stadium was darkened, and there was just a there was just a you like know light beam light. light beam over him just flowing, and you know it 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 made my nipples pretty hard. So I mean <laughs> that was that was an ultimate moment for me, and I mean Gardner Minshew is lighting the light the gear on lighting the NFL on fire right now, and you know, Jaguars. They play in Houston um, this week. Uh, they're actually playing in London, so yeah. uh, hoping to go five and four before the bye week. And uh, it's it's an exciting time to be a Jags fan.
1: It really is. Uh, I guess said, Gardner Menchu, I recently, early this year, made the proclamation that um, he could be the godfather or even father of my kids. Uh, my my wife. I don't actually. She might not have totally consensually agreed to that, but I did make put sure that it's out consensual. there. Uh, yeah, we we definitely make sure it's consensual. But I'm sure she will agree because Gardner Menchu is. A gorgeous man, like you said, he is very angelic. He's got that face. Um, just some other things, just touching on Menchu. I mean, amazing statistics. The, the first quarterback, rookie quarterback, throw for 13 touchdowns, two picks, and his first five starts. Or how, how many starts did he is he at seven? No, seven starts. He's at seven now, which is ridiculous. I mean, that's a, that's a phenomenal statistic. Um, he's light on his feet, moves the pocket really well. People talk about, you know, we do have. Fortunately, as a, a currently a backup right now, uh, a Super Bowl MVP-winning quarterback, you know who won, uh, Nick Foles, who won it with the with the the, the Eagles a couple of years ago. But you know he's not that type of quarterback. Minshew can make things happen. He's elusive in the pocket. He gets out. He does He's got a great arm. I know a lot of people in, in the process because this is a kid that led the nation in passing in college at Washington State, and everyone always said his arm wasn't good enough. But clearly that's not the issue because he's making throws on the dime. That pass to uh, DJ Chark last week on that corner route. Yeah, the corner It was, it was beautiful. The thing of it, on a dime, right at the, just perfectly put, and so he catches the ball out of bounds immediately. It was an awesome throw. And that shows to me that he can make any throw needed in the NFL to be a star quarterback. He's got the personality, like you said, he's amazing. You've got um, DJ Chark having another, having an amazing season after really being non-existent last year. Everyone thought he was going to be a bust. Everyone called him a bust initially, which is absolutely absurd that you can call anybody a bust after a year. Um, you got Leonard Fournette playing out of his mind. I took him in our fantasy. Both these guys with me right now in our fantasy. I'm going to put it out there. Everyone made fun of me because I took him in the first round.
2: For the record, I did not. He okay. obviously didn't, but, but he's mine now, <laughs> and uh,
1: he has been my best player in our fantasy league. So unfortunately having a phenomenal game, catching the ball in the backfield, rushing the ball, and our defense is back to being Saxonville again, having eight sacks last week. Uh, I mean, you got the, the bookend with Nagakwe and and Josh Allen, the good Josh Allen. Hashtag the good, good Josh Allen. You don't understand that reference is because there is a bad Josh Allen who happens to play for Todd's fiance's team, the Buffalo Bills. So, Sevy, if you're hearing this, your quarterback sucks. Um, so, we got that. And, you know, we obviously, I'm going to quickly touch on this because I think it's amazing. I don't know, Todd, if you've seen this, but, you know, last week, our, uh, the quarterback of the Jets, Sam Darnold, said that he was seeing ghosts. Mm-hmm. Um, that was caught on audio and everyone kind of thought that was hysterical, it became a meme and everyone was getting on him. So, our mascot to kick off last week jumps off, he, he does his infamous rappelling down from the lights of a, of a TIA bank field and is dressed like a ghost, which is hysterical. And then...
2: And they the, also play whenever Darnold got sacked, they would play the Ghostbuster music yes. the music. I mean, they used that to the full advantage. And yes, they
1: did. At the, at the two-minute warning in the fourth quarter, have a montage of every sack and interception that Sam Darnold has with the Ghostbusters theme song playing the greatest troll job of all time. I am so proud of my swag wires
2: and we, and the and the the butt fumble followed Mark Chance Sanchez everywhere he went. If if Sam Darnold doesn't turn his career around, then this ghost thing is going to follow him <laughs> everywhere.
1: <laughs> it's going to be great. So we got that. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll touch a little bit on this before you know we start to wrap things up. But then there's the big. We're, we're going into a bye week now, and now here's the big talk. What do you do with this quarterback situation? You've got. A guy who everyone always says, you know, you shouldn't lose your job to injury. That's really, to be honest, it really isn't fair. But life's not fair. But you got a quarterback who, you know, had eight attempts in his first game before breaking his clavicle, and he's out for eight games when we put him on IR. He is a Super Bowl-winning quarterback. He throws probably one of the most beautiful passes I've ever seen to DJ Chark in the play that he gets hurt. Um, you got him coming back this week to start practice. You got a bye week, you know, all through this week, and then we get we go to London the week after. So with that said... What does Jacksonville do in this situation? Because you, like I said, we got that quarterback. He's coming back, and Nick Foles. You got Gardner Menshew who's lighting the NFL on fire and playing as well, if not better, than any rookie in NFL history. Do you bench him?
2: I mean, if I were in this situation right now, it's very tough because when Nick Foles comes back, like if he were to come back, he's gonna have to knock off some rust because obviously he hasn't played in about eight games, and he the chemistry isn't really there right now with the receiving core. So if I'm in there and he has no time to knock off Russ, when Nick Foles comes back, there's two division games coming out with the Colts and you have the Titans. It's, it's not you're like you're going from the Bengals to the Jets like we did the last couple of games. I mean, I'm in a situation if I'm the head coach, Doug Marone, I'm talking to Tom Coughlin, Dave Caldwell, I'm talking to some of the team captains, uh, whether it be Chris Conley who's you know, been around the NFL for a while, he's played with Nick Foles over on the Chiefs, um, I'm talking to Leonard Fournette I'm talking to the center Brandon Linder and saying you know and, and just getting a consistence on what he thinks people want but at the end of the day if I'm making this call right now I mean I'm sticking with the hot hand I'm playing Garner Minshew Garner Minshew's escape has has been great uh, and I mean how much and how much better are you getting if you go from Nick from Garner Minshew to Nick Foles You're, what are you going from a top 20 quarterback, like a top 15 quarterback. I mean, what, what are you doing? Because, I mean, it's not like you're in a situation where the Saints, where you're going from Teddy Bridgewater to Drew Brees. I mean, Nick Foles isn't Drew Brees. And, I mean, at this point, don't look at the salaries. Don't look at how much they're making. I mean, you know, go with the hot hand. Go with the guy that's currently 4-3 and three as the Jaguar starter. He's a six-round rookie that is outperforming all rookie quarterbacks. That's that outperformed the number three overall pick in 2018.
1: <laughs> yeah, which is ridiculous.
2: I'm going with Minshew.
1: I, I agree, 100. What do you, you? I mean, done? I'm I'm
0: not an expert at it because I don't watch the Jags as closely as I used to. But it's a no brainer to me. Why would you switch up a good thing if it's not broke? Don't fix it. Uh, Minshew has revitalized the Jaguars everyone is excited about him you got the guys in the in the stands wearing the mustaches you see all the pictures all over Twitter mm-hmm. the guy is you know the Jacksonville Jaguars at the moment Will he continue to be? I hope so but you don't make a change when you've got you know the best thing going for you right now is Absolutely. playing the way that he is You've got fans
1: painting murals of him on their Cadillacs yeah which if you haven't seen that that's freaking hysterical it's an amazing mural of Minshew wrestling a tiger <laughs> shirtless on a dude's hood which was great I mean that was obviously made because we beat the Bengals who are all tigers so that's how that came about so um, yeah just touching on that and then uh, obviously like you said we got a big game this week it's a bye week for Jacksonville but you know UCF plays Houston Jacksonville plays again uh, the following week and we're in London where we're 3-3 three and three. And, you know, hopefully we can pull that out and, and give us a winning record internationally. But that's a big series for us.
2: You know, for me, it's really screw Houston week. UCF plays Houston, and the Jaguars play Houston. Yeah, it really week. is. It, it's, it's amazing it's, two it's weeks. Houston of, week, it's Houston hate week. It's Houston hate
1: week for two weeks. And I hate Houston. I, mean, I don't hate them as much as I hate the tits. I hate the Titans. And, yeah, and, no and if our buddy Chris me. is listening, f- fuck you, Chris. Um, but with that said, I, I, hate the, I hate the tits, and I hate the Texans, and I hate the Cougars, and this is just a good time to just be a hater.
0: Yeah. And be part of the player-hater's ball. Hate,
1: hate, 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 hate.
0: These teams and uh, Siakam, you guys need to watch out because Buzas <laughs> is looking to punch some people in the face. Absolutely. Apparently. They're coming for Siakam. No,
1: I'm not. Siakam's a massive human that would destroy me, and I'm absolutely terrified of him. So. Just,
2: just, just say something mean to him on Twitter, and that's basically the same thing.
1: Well, hopefully, I mean... If he, if we get Siakam listening to this, or he comes at me on Twitter, I'd say this is pretty successful. So yeah, um, that's all we got for tonight. That's our episode for tonight. Uh, thank you guys for joining, taking a listen. So uh, I, I want
0: to give a quick shout out to our fan. I really appreciate you listening to us again, and uh, we want to keep making you proud. Our fan? Don't we, we probably have one right? I think we have actually. If
1: you go on our SoundCloud, we have like two. We have two followers. Ooh. Yeah. I'll, I'll give a quick shout out actually to also to Sean Bearcat who uh, he's known as UCF Problems um, helped us out quite a bit this week and you i will know, give us some advice on things to do. He has his own podcast at uh, One Night Stand, so if you want to give a good listen, it's another great UCF podcast. He's a popular uh, s- a social media uh, dude, so uh, give him a hit up because uh, you know he's he's a friend of ours and we really appreciate all his uh, help with this endeavor as we get into this. So uh, thanks good thanks a lot for listening again guys and uh, we hope to uh, give you another good show next week. And thank you, uh, uh, Dalton. Dalton, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> I didn't even thank you for coming over here, driving all the way here from work, and sitting here and listening to us talk to UCF and about UCF. But thank you for coming out, man. It was a, it was a good time.
2: Of course, man. It was fun. Love my UCF nights. Uh, love my Jaguars, and just love love talking ball and, and amongst other things. So and
1: I'll i give you the shout out. This I doing videos with you on YouTube. That's and that's really you'll, I'll, you'll see his links and stuff. I'll be posting it with stuff like this. But um, you know, doing a couple of live streams with. Uh, UCF Jaguars actually got me into wanting to do this because, you know, having the opportunity to sit down and just talk about football for a little while is always just fun. So it's nice to have you on our show, you know, as you build up yours as well. i talking about Jacksonville and I hope to have you on again sometime soon.
2: Yeah, man. Look forward to it.
1: All right, guys. I'll Hope you all have a good night and thank you for joining us.